Welcome, beautiful souls. You are tuned in to Love Human, Be Spirit. With us, I'm Amy, a 3-5 emotional manifester, right angle, cross of Eden. And I'm Monique, a 1-4 splenic projector, right angle cross of the vessel of love. And we'd love to invite you to join us while we talk all things human and spirit through the lens of human design. We'd like to offer you inspiration, information, and lived experiences while we're on this human ride together. So buckle up or don't, your choice. We're here to celebrate your uniqueness and our own and offer a perspective that allows us to lean into what makes us special, what makes us human. So let's do it. Get ready to laugh, cry, and everything in between. And we plan to have a lot of fun along the way. Hey everyone, it's Monique from Love Human Be Spirit. We have a guest episode today. Amy and I got to sit down and talk to Wendy. Wendy is a 1-3 sacral generator and she is so full of joy and wisdom and fun stories of her and her existence and how HD has really played into that. And Amy and I just really enjoyed our time with Wendy and we can't wait for you all to get to know her better. Amy and Wendy have a little bit of history and that's how Wendy came to be on Love Human, Be Spirit. And we couldn't be more excited to introduce her to the world. Uh, So we hope you enjoy. And all you one through sacral generators out there, pay attention. She's got some good nuggets. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We love you so much. Love yourself. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love Human, Be Spirit. Today is especially special because not only do we have a guest, but we have a guest in the flesh. So today I have the beautiful, lovely, talented uh, Wendy Fredrigal with me, and she is here side by side with me. And then, of course, we're live on the screen that you guys don't get to see yet with Monique. And she is a beautiful 1-3 sacral generator. Ah, truly stepping into the energy that her powerful design offers her. So we're going to get into what it's like in the world of Windyland once she has um, been starting to live into her design more and more. And we'll ask all the questions that we're meant to ask and we'll cover everything that we're meant to, just like we do each and every time. Right, Monique? That's right. Welcome back, everybody. We're excited to be back. Excited to have a guest on. Wendy, thanks for coming on and um, chatting with us about human design things and more things um, that I'm sure we'll get into. I'm excited uh, for the opportunity to pick your brain, pick your design, see how it's played for you and and learning this information. It's always so um, exciting for us to get somebody else's perspective on these things. So yeah, I'm excited. One of the things I love about Wendy, Wendy, whenever I, you know, kind of brought her into this world, just a little, little morsel at a time. I feel like you really just uh, grabbed onto it and you grabbed onto it, not only for yourself, but others um, that you integrated in with, including your family. And I'm not going to steal your thunder. So you kind of just share with us what we like to guide a little bit is, you know, first of all, tell us everything that you want to tell us about who you are and how you show up in the world. Um, and you know, you do that however it best serves you and how, what you want, um, all of our beautiful listeners to hear and then kind of what life was like before and now that you're living in your design. So you've got the floor. Okay. Well, I'm just excited to be here. I was trying to figure out when we met, was it 2018 or 2019? I think it was 18. So Amy was my coach. Yeah. And so this is our first time meeting in the flesh. So this is just very exciting. (laughs) So, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. So it's been at least a year or maybe a little longer Mm -hmm. that we kind of dipped my toes into this. I've just definitely been on a path of self-discovery for the last four or five years. Um, Amy and I were talking earlier, like your, your 20s, you're just trying to figure out who the heck you are in the world. And then in my thirties, I just was trying to keep my kids alive. I have three daughters. (laughs) And so then I kind of got to my early forties and I'm like, what just happened? Who am I? What's going on? I'll never forget. I'm driving my minivan 
they're all in their little car seats. And I'm like, what is happening? Why am I driving a minivan? Whose kids are these? Like, <laughs> what is happening? And so um, I think I just got, I just was at a point where I'm like, I need to figure out who Wendy is. And uh, this has definitely been a huge part in helping me release a lot of conditioning. That that I think that part has been probably the most helpful for me is understanding conditioning and um, what I can step into mm-hmm. and what I can step out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So do you feel like learning more about your design? If you could, you know, name a couple of things that you feel is different since you have, you know, kind of had a, so at least, you know, some of the top line layers to it mm-hmm. that we like to share in the beginning. What do you think might be different now for you? I think for me, it just, I think I intuitively knew all of this stuff about myself, but I just didn't um, maybe feel like I was enough or um, I, I don't know why I couldn't fully step into it. But so just learning about the generator, when I first listened, I think I maybe just listened to a podcast and it might've been the, the one you told me about, but when they described what a generator was, I was like, looking around like who's following me Mm -hmm. how does someone know this like what Mm -hmm. and so I feel I'm very different from other people in my family so I think it just was like this huge relief like oh this all these things make sense this is why this didn't work for me this is why I didn't do well in college it just wasn't the learning style that worked for me this is why like all these things were like ah there's nothing wrong with me that was probably the biggest one there's nothing wrong with me it's my favorite one I love that I'm just not you know like I don't know it so that to me the generator part and then I think even especially the just learning the profile that just was like a whole nother layer of like of course it makes sense that I'm an investigator well hello but don't you feel like when you learn that in learning, so again, her profile is a one, three. And so for our beautiful listeners, anybody that has both of your numbers, um, being in the lower trigram, which means either numbers one, two, or three, um, there it's a very personal perspective on everything. You're looking at everything from your own personal experience and for your own personal good. And so did that have you feeling like, oh my goodness, I can do and look at things for myself? Is that like a pretty new revelation? Very new. I feel like up until a certain point, I was doing everything for other people and felt like it was my, since I've always had a servant's heart, I felt that meant that I was just supposed to like sacrifice myself and do things for like be selfless and just give to people all the time. Mm. And so I like doing that. I mean, it's a part of who I am, but I don't need to do it in spite of myself. Right. I think that's what I've learned. Like I can still help people, but I shouldn't do it at the expense of myself. Yeah. Which and that's I, what you felt like you were doing. It yes. was some it, always for every, all the others, right? Yes. Yeah. A I'm, martyr. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, here's, that's what I would do. I would do everything for everybody else. And then I would bitch and complain and be like, why are these assholes like not appreciating me? But then I was like, did they even ask me to do that? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a lot of like self-reflection. Like, did all these people ask me to throw myself down on the sword for them. Probably yeah. not. Right. That was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. The role that you're playing, right. Mm-hmm. That's always interesting for us to, uh, to tie into. What were you saying? I, I relate to so much of what you said, like just so much of what you said. Um, I, I just, I like just, you took a lot of words out of my mouth and I love hearing that. Cause it just makes me feel like, Oh, okay. I'm not the only person that's feeling that way. Just all of it. Like the way you described how your twenties were to your thirties, your forties, you know, how you were feeling. And, um, uh, she said something else too, about how just, um, yeah, I mean, you're the martyr and you know how doing stuff for everybody else. And I just, I, I'm not the martyr. I mean, number one for everybody knows that, but I um, relate to that martyr um, word. I used to use that word on myself a lot. I used to say that I loved like a martyr and like, and everything was just like, so like that for me, you know, everything was so, um, my sacrifice was so much about my value, right? Yes. Um, Man, I just, I relate to that a lot. It, it, 
it, you know, hits home for me. So um, thanks for sharing that. And um, I feel like a lot of people must relate to that. You know, it can't just be you and I or um, the three of us. I, I guess, Amy, you probably relate a little bit too. But I think, I don't know, when I heard you speak, Wendy, I really heard um, a lot of myself in that too. Because um, like relearning yourself after you've done that for so much of your life, like, I don't know, you've raised multiple kids. It's, it's kind of crazy, right? To like take a look at yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> after all this, right? It's like, whoa. Um, so yeah, I um, I think that's cool. And I, I love that it resonated for you right away too. Um, Cause I felt that too, right? When I started learning stuff, you know, just the little bits I learned, it was like, oh, oh that makes so much sense, so, you know? Um, has it, has, did it land for your children right away too? Like the way that you saw your kids, like when you learned their <laughs> design, cause you know, their designs too, right? She yeah. does. Yeah. Oh boy. It made so much sense. I'll never forget when I sent Amy their chart. She's like, holy shit. <laughs> I think I said, holy shit balls. <laughs> you got a lot going on there. So I'm the only one in our house that, um, is, uh, has sacral authority everyone else has emotional authority yes right yeah and so she's the only one that has an undefined solar plexus all three of her Mm -hmm. daughters have it defined but they have an undefined spleen where wendy has her spleen very well defined as well as her root i mean she's got some serious activations um, in her spleen and her root and so just understanding the difference energy that is in that household her being the only one that's sacral. And so what does that feel like? <laughs> Dare we go there? I I think I can just always sit there and it, like, just be so like, I just know how it feels good or bad. Like I just, I just have a defined like, and when I try to talk to them about it, if they're in their high or they're low, it's like, it's like, just keep your mouth shut. I just, I think before I even learned about human design, I instinctively realized that when they're in those spots, I have to shut my mouth mm. and just mm. be quiet. And when they're real, and then when they're in their neutral, which I didn't know that I knew, then I would ask the questions. It's interesting because it's almost like you just held space for their wave without knowing. You just intuitively did it because you have tons of intuition in your design. Mm-hmm. And, and did you know, or, or like one of the things I would ask now, do you now understand that it's not personal where before did you take it personal? Oh man, I take it personal. I take everything personal. (laughs) So I think, I think this has helped me with that too. Like, yeah. Because I mean, do you think Monique, that was a big shifter for you recognizing that your solar plexus is undefined and you could be around others because we know you attract emotionals. Was that a big game changer that just recognizing, oh my God, it's not a personal attack. There's no truth in that. I mean, yeah, I think I'm still learning that too. (laughs) I I take everything personal too. (laughs) I'm with Wendy on that. That's my bag, taking things personal. Um, It is for sure. I mean, I was raised a lot like an only child. Everything's always been a lot about me. I have a divine ego. I have a divine G. This is, I have a personal view. This is how I see the world. It it all makes sense now, right? But um, so yeah, I I definitely relate to that. I I, want to ask too, like, I almost want to ask Wendy the same question you asked, but in a different way. Like, since um, you're the only person, because as we said, Wendy's kids have emotional solar plexus definition like amy does and wendy does not like i don't do not and um i'm curious to know if like the way that you spoke on your kids like you knew that there were certain times you just couldn't say something to them right because you could kind of almost like you were maneuvering the wave like amy said without knowing um i'm just wondering if there's like there's like a triggering is with the word I'm trying to get to from your children's emotional solar plexus to you. I want to, I want to talk about that if that's okay with you, because it's something that has sort of come up for me with moms that are emotionally undefined with children that have emotional definition. And I don't have that journey and neither does Amy because she's emotionally defined. So, um, you know, uh, her kids, um, are emotionally defined as well. Right. Um, I have an undefined solar plexus. And so my child does as well. So 
like right now in our house, there's no emotional definition when it's just her and I, you know? Um, and I mean, even when her dad and, and when it was her dad, her and I, there wasn't any. So like, I don't have a lot of experience. I'm, I'm interested in the perspective of a mother with emotional non-definition, as I say, that's not a way to say that, but, uh, you know, compared to what, having children with emotional definition. And all three of yours do, right? And I'm assuming they have different waves, right, Amy? I'm, do you I'm know? Sure all, even my husband, I think everyone in my house but me has emotional authority. Yeah. I think even even now that I know what I know, it still hurts my feelings when they're in their <laughs> state and they snap at me or they, you know, yeah. it's it still just really like hurt. It probably hurts my feelings more than in any other relationships that I have, like- when I feel like, um, but again, I think some of that is that martyrdom. Like I try to do so much for them. I try to be this and that. And so then when they're in their emotional and they, you know, it just feels like they don't treat other people the way that they can treat me. So then mm. I take it real personal and then I can get fall mm. into that martyrdom thing. Like I do everything for yeah. you and stop being mean to me and don't rise and don't, you know, don't walk away from me. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> I see the younger version of myself all the time when I was little I had really like white blonde curly hair and I just see that version of me throwing little tantrums a lot uh -huh, uh -huh. I relate to that I relate to that a lot yeah yeah it's just interesting I just I wonder what that um you know because I was uh talking to a mom recently who is in a similar she has two emotionally defined kids and she's undefined and she was I was like, well, you know, if we go with the, what we always say, you know, we chose our design, we chose our kids, our kids chose us. That's the stuff we always say. And if all that is true, then, you know, here we are learning the things we're meant to learn from our kids and and vice versa, right? But I think it's really interesting to think about um, the triggering that can happen in that dynamic. Because I, and Amy, do you think that it's easier for an emotionally defined person to take out their waves on people they're close to is that i think it doesn't matter if you're defined or not i think we're the hardest we're the the rawest right yeah i guess that makes sense most. it's almost challenging will you still love me mm -hmm. i want evidence so i'm going to be the ugliest meanest harshest with right. you please show me that you still love me it also right. probably feels somewhat safe to be able to be that way if love has always been modeled for us it's like, I'll do that to the person that I know has to love me unconditionally, right? Like, isn't that how it's supposed to be? And then I want evidence, uh -huh. you know, that, that, that is my reality. I think. Yeah, I guess that's everybody, right? It's not really fair to ask just because you're emotionally defined, but. And, but I will tell you from my perspective, with the exception of like my abstract wave, that's all about expectation. I feel like I hold what someone's emotions for them differently then I think what I witness somebody who's undefined, I think there's just something, I feel like I have like a little bit of a protective coating, like, oh yeah, I see what you're doing there. I don't feel like I have to crumble too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that that's what, I've just been noticing that more and more. Yeah. And I'm just curious. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, do you, do you relate to the other side of that, Wendy? Cause I do. Oh. Like I, yeah. And, I, and that makes sense. I take it on too much. In. I take it. Yeah. I like, so I was a hairstylist for 24 years and they don't teach wow. you anything about handling the things that people tell you. And I already was like that before. And so I'll never forget. I was like five years in, I came home one day and I was just, I just fell on the couch and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I was like, wanted to, I almost started to cry. And my husband's like, what's going on? I'm like, Sally has cancer. And he's like, uh, I haven't met her. What friend is that? I'm like, it's my client's niece <laughs> and I was just bawling my eyes up he's like you do you know her I'm like no and he's like like I just I just took all I just I literally like I just took it all on everybody's stuff and then it would be piled on me and I would all of a sudden be like what's wrong with me why am I so sad what am I doing wrong in my life not even realizing it so the biggest thing that hit me to this day you said to me one day you said Wendy just ask yourself is this mine 
-hmm. And that's been my hugest, I say that every day, like, hold on a minute. Is this mine? And inevitably I'm like, wait, aha, it's not. Right. And, and then in that moment, don't you feel like, okay, what practice do I now want to use to release this? Mm -hmm. You know, like how, how do I, I have to put trust that they can carry this. It's not for me to carry. And being a mama of three daughters, that's a lot. It's, it it's like a lot. I'm one of three girls. So shit. I, I mean, I think there was no way I was built to have three daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I was, but it was given to me. <laughs> they showed you, Wendy. I believe that, you know. Are, do you have um, siblings, Wendy? I have two sisters and I'm the middle. Oh, so yeah. you're one of three also. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know that I'm built for three daughters either. So, <laughs> but that's, um, again, I just related to so much of what you said. I, um, it's so, it's so wild, isn't it? How quickly we can take in feelings and like, um, I don't, they don't even have to be that close to me. Like I could be just hearing about it for, like you were saying, like through, um, I could be talking about a character on a show with somebody deeply and start crying about it. Like, it's like deep. Me, and that, I was made fun of it my whole life. I was made yeah. fun of oh, that I, I would always cry at, when we'd watch The Incredible Hulk. And I'd cry, you know, like I just cried at everything. Happy, sad. And I was Thank always you. kind of made fun of about it. See, and I love it. I think it's beautiful. Like you guys have all heard me say that, you know, that was modeled as weak. And now it's just like, oh, should, don't we all just get to like, think about little babies that have yet to be conditioned and hijacked out of who they are and what they want and what they need. And they wouldn't, they don't think twice about making a sound or letting you know that a need isn't being met. And I just, if we could all let ourselves get to that again and not have any shame or be quieted and just let each of us just operate within our beautiful design exactly as we are and let ourselves model that for sure. One thing I found though, like I realized about five years ago, what I always thought it was a weakness, but what I've realized is since I cry at everything, that when, when shit hits the fan or something gets really real, I am cool as a cucumber. And I actually like become like the superhero because I'm not carrying all this stuff. See, and mm -hmm. I see that in your four, um, just for our listeners, she has four defined centers, um, which two of them are motors, her root, her root and her sacral are both defined. And as I said earlier, the root's pretty activated. She also has her G center defined. And then she has her beautiful clean, very well defined too. So she's got a lot of, man, you can step in and take care of anything. You've got a lot of instinct. You've got a lot of stamina and you've got a lot of let's do this pressure type of thing, right? Yes. So that's kind of like a trifecta there, which is pretty potent. How is, how is learning that your decisions were to be made from that gut instinct versus your head? <laughs> the, ain't the choir saying the angels were like trumpeting their horns i'm like are you fucking kidding like, you like i i again i've instinctively every decision i've made in my life that came from my sacral and i didn't know it has always always worked everything that i just went crazy with in my head a disaster so it was just like oh it i'm telling you that was probably the biggest aha like it of course, that's the, I mean, my dad has never, ever, ever steered me wrong, ever. Right. And when we say, we tell everybody that we can that has a defined sacral, if you start or you continue to make decisions through that logical thought-based approach that we're all taught, you will continue on the path of a life of frustration mm -hmm. and dissatisfaction, quite honestly, even though, you know, you're not self, you'll know it's frustration. And one of the beautiful things that Wendy said to me not too long ago, I think I received a message from you that said, oh my goodness, once I sit back and let myself be in flow, the level of stuff coming to me for me to respond to has been epic. Instead of you trying to force everything, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Yes. Don't you feel like you were trying to initiate your way into life? I think I've been trying to prove my way. I think I've been trying to like perform and do a little dance so everybody will <laughs> notice me and that that my charisma was going to be like that I had to work at it. And 
my charisma just gets to be for me and it just happens to attract others. Like I don't have to grind. The grinding never worked for me. And I thought I just wasn't working hard enough. Yeah. Well, that's that undefined uh, heart center. We've talked <sighs> at length about that or the course of many of our podcast episodes. What were you going to say? I, um, I just, I think it's so, I want to, I want to ask you so many questions right now, but, um, the, the, I, I just, I would really love for you to be able to tell people listening what kind of ways you noticed the responding and versus you initiating, like, uh, like I would love for example of that so that people could hear the difference it's sometimes hard for me to articulate to generate our types the difference between responding and initiating because I'm not really here to do either one <laughs> myself <laughs> um so for me the the wording I I sometimes get lost in that but I think specific examples go a long way and um what you said was really powerful um Amy I think you asked Wendy like what did you notice how all the stuff came to respond to once you, what did you say right before that? But, um, which I think is really powerful. And I mean, looking at your design, I don't want to get too much further into the next thought I'm having because I do want you to answer that. But looking at your design, you're so meant to be in the moment, right? Between gate 57, the intuitive clarity gate being your main conscious sun gate, between being a sacral authority uh, with a defined root and a defined spleen and a defined G. I mean, that's a person that's like, you know, with the 5710 conscious channel of perfected form, because I share that channel with you, but mine is subconscious, half of it. And we have similarities in our chart. You have gate 46, you have gate 15. You have a lot of similar spleen gates as I do. Um, you do have that defined root, and I don't have that. And everyone knows I'm jelly belly about that. So whatever. <laughs> but I just think it's so beautiful how your design is so perfect for, for you to be set up, to be here and in the moment. And meanwhile, up here, you're completely open. You have an open head, an open ajna, an undefined throat. This is not like where your consistency lies, right? All your consistencies in your gut and all that. So what, a, I can't imagine the relief you must have, like the way that you said it, like the choir saying, like that really truly must have been how it felt. And I, again, I can relate to that because um, we're not similar design there. I do have an open head just like you, but um being told that I got to use my instincts instead of my mind was a big game changer for me too. It was like, are you people fucking kidding me? I could have been doing this shit my whole life. Like, and not like, like, you know, giving myself like panic attack and these things that like, I've, you know, um, so anyways, going back to the question, the first thing I would love for you to be able to point out some specific ways that you saw that shift happen for your, for you, like, uh, responses came in and I stopped having to initiate maybe or something like that because I was mm -hmm. more leaned in. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to ask you? Yeah. Well, the first example that when I look back and maybe this is just a thing, it's just the, just the energy you put out, but I would even think like whenever I was single, I, no one was ever interested. And it always seemed like the minute I started dating someone, people would be interested. But I think when I was single, I was always like trying to find someone, trying to find mm -hmm. someone. And then once I was with someone, I was just not worrying about it anymore. And then all of a sudden I appeared more attracted to people. I don't know. That, that was a long time. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, so that uh, I would say, like, I think of it in business, like I was always trying so hard to, um, I don't want to say the word get clients, but like, I just, if I do, when I just go somewhere and I just show up as who I am and share the things that I'm passionate about, they just come to me. Whereas I think before I was always just trying so hard to share something with someone who didn't want to hear it <laughs> or um, maybe I just had a hard time saying it and I was trying to put it in their words instead of just being myself. That personal, right? Yeah. And so now I just show up, there's, there's, there's probably three or four topics that I could talk about all day long. They, they light me up. I just, it's like, I just become this. And it just attracts people. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just spent so much time talking about all these things that don't light me up 
that I was told I'm supposed to do that I'm supposed to do. And they didn't light me up. And so my energy would just go down and down and down. Well, then of course that's not allowing people to be attracted to me, but then I thought I was doing something wrong, that I wasn't doing it good enough. So I would try harder, mm -hmm. but I was putting all my energy on something that I didn't even fucking like. I remember that time. And it's, it's because, you know, this was modeled for you. This is what's expected. This is what makes you quote unquote successful. And I just kept hearing you say, but I don't know that I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so you instinctively, both from your spleen and from your sacral knew that something wasn't for you, but you were trying to make it fit, which never with those two were never going to meet. Mm -mm. So you were super frustrated and you know, the not enoughness piece of it, you know, um, that's, that's shown out of our heart center for sure. I think sometimes yeah. I still wonder, so tell me what it means that my headspace and my, the Ajna are not only undefined, but there's no channels there. There's no, so they're completely open. open. Yeah. So what does it mean when those two are completely open? Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, uh, Amy just uh, was saying the the not self question that you just said. What did you just say? But the not self questions for the Ajna and the head are, or the themes, whatever, pretending to be certain, right, is yep. the Ajna. And when you were just saying that, it's like, um, you know, trying to make these logical thing or trying to make something make logical sense, right, so that we seem very certain about it. Um, and the open head theme is um, worrying about things that don't matter or questioning like things, right? Yep. Um, so wait, I can relate to that all day. And it's funny, Amy and I were just talking about this because Amy has one gate activation in her head. So Amy's head is undefined, whereas you and I have open heads. You have no, no activations in your head or your Ajna, which is um, a really great opportunity for you to learn in those spaces is what we always say. You're here to really take in, in a very inconsistent way in these centers because you have no gate. So Amy's one gate in her head acts almost like a, like a screen door, like an Amy screen door. So all the info she's getting coming in through her head, right? She's getting inspired the same way we are through other things because we don't have consistent, none of us have consistent definition there, but it's going through her one, gate 61, I think you have, yes. that it's going through that one filter as it comes in still consistently every time. Whereas for you and I, there's no consistent filter. It's going to come in, and in your case, not in your Ajna either. So really there's a lot of openness there. Um, so it's, it's, I, that tells me when I see that it's, it's really going to depend on who you're around and your, what your, what part of your life you're at, what you're taking in. And that you know what I mean? Because if you're open completely, you're being conditioned by everything all the time in those areas in a good way. And, and, you know, and I was going to say in a bad way, but we don't want to say that. Right. We just, let's, let's just say it's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And in all ways. Um, so, but I think that, uh, maybe it matters a little bit more who you're around and where you're around when you're that open. I always tell people that I work with when they have more openness in their design, that it matters more. Like, um, Amy and I recently spoke to someone that had eight defined centers. I think that's a person that's going to be less influenced in a room, no matter what, compared to like my daughter who has two defined centers. You know what I mean? I want to, I'm, I truly try to raise her with a lot of self-awareness because, um, I believe it's really important when you have a lot more openness to know kind of who you are. So in your case, you know, to have openness up here means that to know that you're fluid up there, right? Completely fluid. Almost nothing is certain. Anything can change at any moment there, which is kind of beautiful. Maybe this is how I want my design for my next life, Amy. Write that yeah. down. I open mean, open yeah, head, I open Ajna. I've been saying that because my defined mind is annoying sometimes, Wendy. Let me be real with you. Sometimes I'm like, God, you were so sure, mind. Like, I, you know, I thought I had consistent access to that. I thought I was, I get to be sure. And I do get to be sure. I also get to go through the lesson of learning that it's okay to change my mind and my beliefs and stuff like that. And that can be a, a tougher journey for someone, I think, with definition up here compared to you, to you with openness. It's get, you get to be beautifully open in this area. And I think that you get to um, take in the world uh, inspiration wise and answer wise in like whatever ways seem 
right in that moment, you know, for you, especially because you're a moment to moment being. But I don't know if that answered your question about what it means to be completely open there, but I think I got into it a little bit, right? <laughs> Definitely. The only one we haven't touched on that she has that's open is that throat center. And I want to, I want to say this out loud because this is the gift of us going through an experiment together. And I obviously want to hear your perspective too, Monique, but just for our listeners. So she has an undefined throat and with three activations and her activations are unconscious, which means she may not necessarily recognize the, the flow of the energy in those three gates or, you know, the consistency that's available to her in those three. And we were talking about this a little bit, just Wendy and I were before we started recording, but now that I'm looking and I have her design again in front of me, as you mentioned, Monique, her main sun gate is 57 and she, you know, in, in the line one area. So she's going to, um, you know, have really powerful, potent intuition and to help her feel safe into that, she's going to want to understand a lot of things. You know, it's going to help her. But then her main earth um, gate conscious is 51. So the, the energy of the earth gate is to ground you into that sun of her intuition. And 51 is known as the gate of shock. And so I'm just, I want your perspective, Monique, but I'm thinking with 57 and 51 as such potent energy in her design, isn't it what she knows she's meant to then share like for the other, you know, people with underfined throat are usually speaking on behalf of the other, the potency of it. And so she's willing to empower herself consciously to say things that might be shocking for the intuition that she has. That's for the benefit of the other. What do you think about that? Um. I mean, I think that, that all sounds accurate. I also, I gotta, I gotta pull Liz's chart up. I'm pretty sure Liz has these same conscious sun and conscious earths. And I think that she's a, she's a, a generator too. It's so interesting. Sorry. But I just think that all of that sounds right. And anyway, you would, you know, undefined throats are um, people that are here to speak on kind of on behalf of the other. Sometimes they can say the things that need to be said that defined throat people maybe can't get out in that moment for whatever reason um and you're picking up on that and so you say it right for me maybe or something um which i think since yours is subconscious i imagine yeah maybe it shows up like kind of spontaneously um do you feel that like I, it's funny that you were you went to her throat uh amy because uh, i wanted to talk about wendy's undefined throat too because obviously amy and i have defined throats we talk all the time in our own voice and uh we're here to speak on behalf of ourselves a lot of the time and i just think that it's it's got to be and you mentioned doing a performance and wanting to be seen before and that's very undefined throat type of type of energy right i don't i can't relate to that although i'm a projector and i do i have struggled with wanting to be seen it wasn't about like needing to be heard. I didn't feel like I wasn't being heard, but you know, I have a defined throat. So it doesn't, it feels consistent for me. It doesn't feel like I, um, and I, I'm always curious about the undefined throat. Again, my daughter has an undefined throat. So I'm curious about what this feels like. And would you say that you're somebody that talked a lot or would you say that you're somebody that hasn't talked a lot her whole life? Like, where are you a quieter person or are you a chatty person? Chatty, but again, chatty. I think it was mostly more for attention. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and so did that change after learning design? Are you a more quiet person now? Do you talk less? Hmm. Just curious. I feel, especially just, just with everything in the last four or five years going through coaching, I did, I think a lot of times I just always felt like I had to talk all the time. Like I didn't like silence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I've gotten to a, really love and appreciate silence a lot more. And I feel like I've gotten to be a better listener. I think I think maybe since I always was insecure, I just talked a lot, almost to like distract people. Mm. I don't know if that makes mm. sense, but I also feel like I've used humor my whole life as like a shield. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always battled my weight. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be really funny. So they won't notice that I'm overweight. And so yeah. I just felt like a lot of times it was always like this court gesture. I'm going to just make everybody laugh and you know, in some, in, in a lot of cases up until 10 years ago, very self-deprecating again, like mm -hmm. I'm going to make fun of myself first before mm -hmm. someone else can. Mm -hmm. So it almost, 
when I even hear the word undefined, it like kind of makes sense because I feel like I've never really spoken with my true voice. Do you feel like you could be an advocate to speak on behalf of others? So like, think about your kids, think about, you know, just any organization that you've been in. Do mm-hmm. you, I, I see you, I mean, for our listeners and you, Monique, you guys don't know, but like all the time that Wendy and I worked together, we both had an, a love affair with Mel Robbins, Mel Robbins, and both said we were going to be the next Mel Robbins, get on the stage, speak on behalf. And especially with your gate 51, you know, sometimes in a very shocking way, my gate 39, I'm going to provoke them into, you know, doing something from that perspective. So I'm just curious if you can reflect back on how you have chosen to speak. Yes. Yeah. But I, 100% love to speak for those that can't like yeah. um but I also think there's something in me that that people trust me right away and with my intuition I I can feel it and mm-hmm. so that I even before I knew any of this I've always kind of spoken for other people mm-hmm. that, that couldn't speak for themselves yeah yeah and you know when you were speaking before um I heard your 1057 coming in loud and clear too, because when you said something about how you were like, you were trying not like, you didn't want to say you were trying to get clients, but when you were trying to kind of push, right. And be these things outside of yourself, um, it didn't really work so great. And when you like honed in on like the three or four things that you can talk about all day, you know, whatever, that's so 1057. I see that because I feel that too, so much, so much. And um, that's about, you know, that's your intuitive knowingness connected to your identity. So when we're faking our identity, it's, um, I think, I, this is just my belief, but I believe that it like turns off like that channel. Yes. It's almost like the switch turns off. For me, that's how it's felt. Um, it's like the switch got turned back on for me a switch that I had like on when I was like a teenager maybe the last time that I remember and then it shut off for a long time and um and and when that thing's on shit's running different because that's the channel of perfected form that means that we are perfect as we are when we are leaning into that when we have that channel right and when you were talking about your business and how you saw the shift in that I really heard that I really heard that because that's something that like um our energy works for us. We don't have to do anything much when we're aligned. You know, when we find these lanes that are ours, that are our own, it's like we don't, it's, it, it becomes more effortless. And um, yeah, it just softens a ride or something, I feel like, right? It's like just, it's really incredible um, to hear like another, you know, to see, to hear you reflect that because I really heard that. Um, and you also have the 5734 since you're a sacral, which is also about instincts, right? And it's um, instincts to do. And, um, and I think it's really beautiful that you can see that you can speak on behalf of others with that undefined throat, because I think that's my favorite piece about the undefined throat, right? Is their ability to really, because although I would like to say that I can speak on behalf of others, and I will. I will, and I'll fight for the underdog, but I promise you it's gonna come out in my own voice. It's gonna sound like Monique speaking up for the other. And um, and it's gonna be my opinion painted on it and my belief painted on it and all of that because it's coming out of my defined throat. Whereas I feel like when an undefined throat does that, it just comes from a different place. It comes on from what you're picking up on from the other, you know? and taking in in that center and then amplifying because that's what we do. And that's pretty cool. We haven't shared kind of like the trajectory of things that have shifted for you. If you feel like sharing that, you know, from the hairstylist to, you know, coaching, Mm -hmm. share whatever you feel called to share. Mm -hmm. But I think that there was a lot of you understanding yourself and what you really wanted to do and letting go of the expectations of how you thought it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's having you own your uniqueness. Yeah. So like I said, I was a hairstylist for 24 years and, and I mean, I was physically burned out, but I was mentally, it, it was taking its toll. And so I became a coach, which I kind of laughed because I realized I'd been coaching people behind the chair. (laughs) I mean, that was interesting because now I'm in a position where I'm not offering a service. This is the first time in my adult life that I haven't done a service in exchange for money. 
I now just share what our company does, how we can help people, what we can do. And when they say yes, I hand them off. And it's been really weird to feel like I'm the only way I'm supposed to get something in exchange is for me to do this full service for you. So at first it was weird. Like, wait, this is all I have to do is I just share what we do and they say yes. And then I pass them off to the team. Like at first it seemed too good to be true. And then I realized it was easy and I just got to show up and be myself. And then that's when all the, I don't, I don't cold call. I don't do any of that stuff. I just show up, talk about the things that I'm excited about. I was a client of the company before. So I know the, the client side of it and what it did for me. I just share that. And then it just, it just happens. So it's, it's really helped me step into this new phase that Wendy, you don't have to do everything from point A to Z to deserve compensation. Compensation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I love being a part of a team. Flying solo was not good for me with my open headspace. I would, when I went up there, I would go in this rabbit hole. And since I was just working alone, I didn't have anybody to pull me out of that. So what I've learned is I can tell when I'm having days that I need a break. And fortunately, the person I work with, I can say, hey, can you help me with this? I just need some, some white space. And it's, I never, ever would have done that before. I never would have raised my hand for help. I never would have admitted because I have the energy for it mm-hmm. technically with my sacral, but I could just like emotionally, I just, I could just feel it. So I just said, I just need time and she did it for me. And then vice versa, I can do that for her. So speaking up for yourself for what you want or need and yes. feeling worthy of that, did you have to create some boundaries and the ability to say no to some things, knowing that in these other capacities that you've always had, you were the everything. And so now being a part of something, are you comfortable saying, no, you take care of that, or that's not really my lane, or are you protecting knowing this beautiful sacral energy is supposed to be used for things that light me up? I'm getting there. (laughs) I'm getting there. I'm learning to set boundaries. Uh, Honestly, though, I feel like I feel more compelled to set boundaries for others than myself. Like, but in a way that I know that by myself setting boundaries, I'm showing other people that they can do it too, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So if I continue to not have boundaries, I'm letting people treat me that way. So there's that martyr thing. Oh, they're treating me like crap. Well, wait, I let them. Mm -hmm. I taught them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we show people how to treat ourselves. And so that was a big one for me too. Um, I had to, I've had to set boundaries and it's felt really freaking good. At first, my, you know, want to please everybody's self is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say no. And then I go, no. And then about two seconds later, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. I just said no. That was amazing. Woo! That. <laughs> which I love but I also heard one of the things you said there Wendy was that I feel like I almost feel like I help people set down you know set boundaries for others or something and there you go that's that's what we were talking about with that energy of the underfined throat you're speaking up for someone else that may otherwise not be able to speak up for themselves because I've literally had people say wait a minute you said no to that like I I I wouldn't have been able to say no I'm like why not so yeah I, I think I'm I'm really going to tap into that a little more. I just didn't realize how much I am able to do that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Monique? Do you ever have any issues saying no? It's interesting because I feel like, I feel like I do and I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just depends. I feel like I am a lot like Wendy, whereas like I can say no. And then people will be like, Oh, you said no to that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it felt really good. Um, You should try it. And I think that that's our spleen a little bit. You know, I think the spleen likes to say no. That's what I'm starting to learn. I used to say this thing all the time about myself. I used to say I'm a yes person. Like I'm a yes person. I don't really like no. And I've kind of dropped that because I'm starting to think I'm a no person. And maybe, and that's okay if I am. But yeah, you know, see that defined mind has a hard time letting go of these things I thought were true. Um, But yeah, I think the spleen likes to say no. And it's a lot like what you described. It's like, 
oh god i'm gonna say no to this thing and then like two seconds later you're like ah oh, fuck yeah fuck yeah <laughs> My sick girl's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's how my spleen feels. It's like, I want to do it again. Let's do it again. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready now. Um, I, uh, I also noticed that you have gate 55 as your only solar plexus gate, just like me. That's, that's Moody Judy. That's what I call that gate. <laughs> oh, boy. That one emotional gate really does a lot of work in there. I'll tell you what, she sure does that 55. <laughs> um, it's the gate of the future though, just so you know, we have it. There's like, uh, this is a big mutation gate. I've done a little research on that because of emotional solar plexus development and where we're moving towards. Um, kids born with this gate are supposed to be pretty, you know, enlightened for the next generation of of the but it's a moody judy gate for sure for sure and um yeah i as I, I i mentioned this to amy sometimes sometimes i feel like i'm the emotional in the room and um i know that that's where our conversation started a little bit because you and i were talking about how we cry all the time and amy i wouldn't really describe you as a crier now right would we you know no <laughs> she's like no <laughs> and i think it's interesting when we talk about emotional definition it can go either way it's like I've heard emotionals like say that they do cry a lot you know and I've heard non-emotionals not be like you and I Wendy and say stuff like they're super even keel they don't cry um it's so interesting though. It's like, that's why I'm, I don't know. It's so hard for me to always like guess people's designs or stuff like that because you can never, you can never really tell. Like, I mean, you could be a non-emotionally divine person like Wendy and I and be crying all day, every day about all kinds of things. Or you can be a very emotionally defined person like Amy, who's literally here to speak on emotionally tough things and not cry every day, you know, or, or it could be the other way too. And um, it's just so interesting to me to think about that. I love that we got to to touch on a little bit of all of that. And um, and thank you for sharing everything so openly because it's just so many things that you really said related for me so, so much, so much. If there was one thing, Wendy, that you can say was like the biggest aha from learning your design for anybody who's just learning, mm -hmm. what might that be? Just trusting yourself. I, I think there was so much of this that I already knew, but I didn't trust it. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't have a defined sacral, like, I don't know if this is true, but like, trust your gut, like trust, trust your body. There you go. Trust your body. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, yeah, I would say that like just trusting what I have felt because no one can climb into your brain and understand you. No one understands you the way that you do. And I joke about this all the time. Like, I think the number one thing that especially women in business do is we get in our own freaking way. Yeah. And I just, I hate seeing that. Like the amount of women that I hear say, I'm my own worst enemy. And I'm over here going, why? Like you're with yourself every second, the rest of your life, why are you not best friends with yourself? Mm -hmm. So I feel like this, I feel like human design has helped me become best friends with myself. Like, yeah, fuck right. I have a defined sacral. Like, yes, yes, I have strong intuition. I knew it, but yes, it's right there. It tells me I have it. Like, so it's been like a map to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. Deep self-love, which we, you know, how passionate we are about people loving themselves, love all parts of themselves, finding the acceptance and the, um, exceptionalness. Right. Like, and I love that there's no good and bad. There I think that helped me too. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this and this is open. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means this. So for me, that the understanding the defined and undefined helped me, like there's nothing wrong with me. Right. There's just parts of me that are going to be more open to conditioning and I have to protect that part of me a little better. Mm -hmm. So I think that was huge too. Yeah. And if we could I all really... just like dive into ourselves and be the best that we could be, can you imagine what the world could be like? Like it just kind of 
is staggering to me to think about. And that's what we're trying to do. That's why we're trying to share this and share as much as we can about others' lived experiences that don't have to, you know, go all down every rabbit hole to understand because you've empowered yourself to test this out and try this out. Just like we've talked about often, you know, it's like, all right, show up with the energy of what it feels like to be a generator. Great. You know, give yourself time to do that. Then using your sacral authority. Great. You know, doing that. Then your strategy of responding, then try the trifecta and put them all together and see what happens. And I've got message after message from you of just like some serious epiphanies and ahas. And that doesn't mean that, you know, every single, everything about your design. I don't know every single, everything about my design yet. And I'm, you know, three years in. So what, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you do empower yourself to learn, how do you, how you will you then empower yourself to integrate it so that you can cultivate that deep self-trust and self-love. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. I say that all the time. Wendy, what you said about, like, can you just imagine what the world would be like if we all just like, I, I love to think about that. Um, but I love what you said too about how human design has really helped you um, notice to become your own best friend. Mm -hmm. I really like that wording a lot. Easy. You know, I think everybody could use that, you know, because, and I say this all the time too, we get so like fixated on the external and the outside mm -hmm. and um, in, in people all the time, right? Um, in friends, in relationships, in our kids in all of that so much of that and it's like I don't know for me that was a big that's been a big part of this journey you know it's like really starting to like and love myself on a on a on a level like we you know the way we feel about our best friends you know or or whatever but um I, I love that wording and I love that human design has given that for you or to you and to us and to everybody listening, I hope that you've heard some of the gems here because there were definitely some dropped here by Wendy and um, I'm really grateful for uh, for sharing in, in your process here because it's been it's been cool to see. I relate to a lot of what you said and um, I think a lot of people will too, so. I agree, yep. Beautiful space to be able to continue to share the differences, the uniqueness, and then, you know, what we can shift by learning those things. And for you, get to be your best yeah. friend, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, just, just learn your type. Just that is helpful. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyone listening, pick a part, pick one part of the system and learn, learn that part of it. And, and you'll see some shifts happen. It's just wild. It really is. And, and, um, and it's wild to witness. So, so if you, um, if you do that and you want to share it with us, we're open for that always. We love to see people transform and, and watch how this plays into uh, uplifting, you know, each other and, and, uh, and ourselves, especially. So maybe if, what would you like for us to um, offer or add in the show notes? Do you want people to be able to just reach out to you if they're connected? Do you want to share anything about the company? What are you feeling called to, if anybody feels like super connected to connecting yeah, with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just Wendy. I think it's underscore Frederick Hill F. So it's Wendy with an I W E N D I underscore. I think it's underscore. Yeah, it is probably uh, Frederick Hill F R E D R E G I L L. You can follow me on Instagram, but just hit me just now. When we talk about human design, we talk about what, what are you made to do and stay in your zone, mm -hmm. right? That's what I love telling people. Like if you're a solopreneur and you don't love social media, if you don't know how to build Stop trying to do something that isn't in your zone of genius that doesn't light you up. It's okay. Like that's our zone of genius to let us do it so you can show up more in yours. So what I had been trying to coach women, I feel like I have a bigger flat platform now that I can still coach them on that and just give them permission. Like you don't have to run every aspect of your business by yourself. Amen. Oh, that's a Love lesson that. I'm trying to learn right now. How about you, Monique? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, I need that. I need some of that in my life. Just because we can doesn't mean we should, right? So. Oh, I know I can't. I don't want to. Yeah. You know, and that's why I've avoided some things just because, you know, it just, it seems, it just, I, I can tell it causes serious anger for me. So I know that's my check engine light right there. And I will tell you, I don't think I could have stepped into this position if I hadn't been doing this work of human design. I, I can guarantee you, I would not have had the, the guts in my sacral telling me it, it was like instant when I was asked to join the team. And when I was told what I would, my job, my role was, it was instantaneous. Yes. Like I didn't even, 
I turned off my website for my, co I mean, I just turned it off and walked into this. What a beautiful place to leave that at, right? Like there is someone yeah. who took one nugget or a few nuggets of her design and empowered herself to integrate it into her every day. And then here she's living proof that it was in that moment, the very right thing to do. And if it changes, then she'll honor that too. Yes. So yes. thank you for letting me join you guys. I feel kind of like fangirlish because I listen to you guys when I walk. I listen to you guys when I'm on my little after <laughs> mowing my lawn. So this is like, it's kind of cool. Very surreal. That's awesome. That's exciting for, for me to hear on this end. My defined ego appreciates that. So thank you for that. Thank yeah. you for that, Wendy. Thank You're you for welcome. being here. Yeah. It was really, really a joy to to get to see your perspective, hear your perspective on some things and uh, meet you a little bit more. Thank you. Definitely. It's been wonderful having yet another beautiful guest, sharing all the nuggets of what she's been learning. Another mama who we can relate to, right, Monique? So all the wonderful things. So thank you all for your mm -hmm. listenership. We love you. If you're a longtime listener, thank you. New listener, we hope you'll stay with us and uh, give us any and all feedback and we'll just continue to invite you to love yourself. It's the best person out there to love. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it inspiring and digestible. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us if you'd take a moment to follow us so you'll be notified when new episodes are released. And if you're feeling really generous, please share and review our podcast as long as it's a five-star review. Otherwise, never mind. Maybe just keep that to yourself. And lastly, if you're new to human design or just curious to learn more about your own, Amy and I both have offerings for that. We also have an extensive human design community that we belong to. So if we don't feel like the right fit, we can certainly guide you to someone who is.